Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is January 14th, 2022. I'm still still used to saying that. Yes. All right, we got some big stuff coming up, man. Oh my gosh. We're getting ready to play another playoff game. Playoffs. All those dr- all those years of drought. And now it's just like playoff, 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 playoff. I know. Right. Our season is not over, you guys. Our season's not over yet. We're not talking about draft picks. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, we ain't looking for a new coach. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Black, <laughs> Black Sunday. We or Black Monday, we even still got some some fallout from that coming up. Uh, got a good show. We're going to talk about a little bit of the All-22 we saw from the uh, Carolina Kittens. Then we will discuss Buccaneer news and news around the league. Then we're going to get into the game. Coming up with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles. Eagles. Yes, uh, the rivalry is back on with me and my neighbor. Talked to him today. Oh, you did. He was not very happy. Oh, no. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, at least we made it this far. <laughs> it's like over before it's even played. I know. I got to put my flags back out. I know. Yeah. I was just thinking that. But we're supposed to get part of that winter storm mm-hmm. over. I, it looks like it's just going to be rain here, but it's going to be a ton of wind and rain. Maybe you can put the, the flag like on the back wall instead of on the screen. Well, you know, I ain't worried about it because I've got so many of those flags. Except for the old Buccaneer flag. That's I've only got one of them. Yeah. The Bucko Bruce flag. Oh, yeah. And you put that one out last time mm-hmm. in that addition one. to the new one. The end of the new one. Yes. All right. So, you know, I, I did a video, put it out on YouTube this week, but it wasn't the Tiffy video. And the video I put out kind of slowed me down for the rest of the week. And I didn't get all the way through the All-22. I got up to halftime. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares, Ralph. Yeah, like you, you're, you know, that's, it's fine. But th- there was a lot of interesting stuff in this game so far. It's just, yeah, yeah I've got like 15 minutes already of video Ooh, clips. I like it. So I'm probably going to finish that up tomorrow and put it out tomorrow evening or something. Just but get it out there. Yeah, just a few things I want to cover in it though. Uh, our linebackers are not playing well. Not, not happy with them at all. Get it together, guys. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know if Devin White and Minter like each other. <laughs> I'm kind of getting the impression really? they don't. Yes. Well, that's weird because in um, what what thing was that? I think it was it was Devin White's uh, horsing around. The only episode I ever watched was with him and Levante, and they said, hey, "Pick your like top three teammates," and they both said Kevin Minter is yeah. like one of the best guys on the team. Yeah. Well, maybe uh. Maybe it's just in-game stuff, you know, you get all riled up. But I see Devin White kind of yelling at Mentor quite a bit. There was one play in particular where we were doing man coverage, and you could see before the snap, Devin White was calling the play, and he's looking at Mentor, and he's like kind of yelling at him, and he gets frustrated. You can see him, he just kind of throws his hands up. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, it's man coverage. They hike the ball, and Mentor ends up covering – double covering a guy with Tryon. Tryon goes back. And I think 
Devin White was telling Mentor to brush. You know, that was the play call, and Mentor didn't get it. Well, after the play, Devin White went off. I mean, he was just yelling at Mentor. You turn around and yell. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen that quite a bit, and they're both, they're just not playing well. They're not, you know, uh, doing good gap assignment. They're not, uh, you know, getting off blocks. Uh, they're taking bad angles. And again, you know, last week we had the instance of Devin White slamming in the Whitehead. But we had an instance of that in this game, too. It was Jamal Dean. Jamal. Dev- Jamal Dean. Uh, Devin White ends up running into Jamal Dean while he's being – Jamal – Jamal. Jamal. Jamal Dean while he's being blocked. And the guy that's blocking him ends up blocking him and White. And the runner gets around them both and almost gets first down. I think okay. he got nine yards. I've got a theory. What's I that? got a theory. What? Just based on what you've said. Um, Levante, you know, Levante and Devin, very good friends. Mm-hmm. And I think when you lose, you know, you're used to working with somebody, you work mm-hmm. with them all the time. They, you have, you kind of end up, you can kind of read each other. You know what the other one's going to do. They know you're comfortable that they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you lose that cohesion, you know. And I think they they say that Devin White is really mouthy and very vocal in practice all the time. But I do think that Levante is probably more of that like silent leader. And I'm sure that he probably is the leader between the two, even though Devin might be a little more vocal. So my theory is it's just a matter of they're not Devin and Kevin Minter are not used to I mean they're used to playing together, but not the way that he and Levante are used to playing together. And so there's probably a lot of frustration on Devin's part because Levante would know where he's supposed to be, who he's yeah. supposed to be covering. You know, it would probably be more likely that it's Levante getting on Devin for screwing stuff up than the other way around. So that's my theory. And some people are just not great at leadership or, you know, I mean, you create kind of a leadership vacuum and you don't always get someone who is capable of handling it. So, yeah. And just because somebody is mouthy doesn't mean they're a good leader. Yeah, exactly. And he's still so young and Kevin Minter is older than Devin White, he's been a lot around a lot longer. So, you know, some guys probably don't want to hear it from somebody that's so green around the gills. No, yeah. green, not green around the gills. So green. <laughs> green around the gills. That's phrase again. Yeah. yeah, I'm the type of person that I work better under people who are more uh, calm, cool, and collected. I don't, I don't like people who are mouthy, mm-hmm. you know, that constantly need, feel the need to talk. But, you know, it's just different styles, different people. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I don't, I've never seen you work under anybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm not very good <laughs> at it. But when I have to, I prefer them to be calm, cool, and collective. Yeah. Uh, th- there was also another play where Damakangasu was running to tackle somebody, and Devin White comes up behind him, ends up stepping on his foot, and, his, and Sue's shoe comes off. But worse than that, Devin White puts his hands on the middle of his back and shoves him, shoves Damakong Sue, and he falls down. You know, and Devin White, it's not like Devin White was getting pushed, because you'll see that sometimes, you know, if they're getting pushed 
they'll stick their arms out and brace themselves or whatever. But no, I mean, there was nobody around Devin White. He just ran up behind Sue, pulled his shoe off, and then pushed him down. <laughs> Gave him a flat tire. Yeah. I hate those. Very oh. strange. Uh, Nelson, he's playing well. He played well in this game. Good. Very good. He's definitely, man, he's just grown like in the past few weeks. Ever since JPP went out, Nelson has really stepped it up. Uh, We blitzed a lot in this game, and we were getting pressure on them like crazy. Uh, Our D-line beat their O-line, even when it was a one-on-one matchup. Vita was just destroying everybody. Mm. Uh, he, He made some really good moves. Some good plays, but he just could never get there. You know, he was just like he—he's so not the fastest. Off, as, yes, that's the thing. You know, and it, and it's what we've seen all year long with teams. You know, they're just throwing it to the outside. You know, avoiding that middle completely. They don't try to run it up the middle. They don't try to throw it up the middle. You know, ten yards mm-hmm. within the middle. Uh, so you're getting all this stuff to the outside, which again, that's responsibility of the linebackers for the most part. And, you know, they're just not getting out there. They're just not doing good stuff. Uh, Tryon and Cam Gill, you know, I was excited about seeing them get more snaps because the few snaps they were getting, they were playing well. But since they've been in starting roles and getting high amounts of snaps, their production has just really gone down. They're, they're just not they're, – they're not patient enough. You know, they don't know how to set the edge. Uh, they don't know how to wait for the runner to come to them. You know, they're they're constantly flying around trying to make plays happen. And nine times out of ten, they're missing the plays. Or, you know, guys are running right past them. So uh, we definitely need to work on that a little bit. Yeah, they got a while to grow. Yes. Uh, Donovan Smith did great. He was to just throwing 53 burns around like it wasn't nothing. Burns did really? get him. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's always manhandled Burns. Uh, but Burns did bull rush him one time and push him back into Brady. It really didn't cause an issue, but that was the only time that Burns – that I've so far in the first half that Burns has uh, gotten the best of Donovan. And that's about it. That's about it. There was a lot of slippage on the field. A lot, you know, I noticed it during the game that there, you know, we had a couple of players fall down and stuff. I remember yeah, Ryan Suckup. Yeah. So, yeah, there was just in the first half alone, I probably counted six slips from both teams, but mm-hmm. we, so we had it more than they did. I don't know Which what it is, is weird. About, you would think our equipment guys would know. Would know our field. Our, yeah, would yeah. know our own field. But th- this happens to us a lot. You know, there would just be certain games. Remember that? A few years ago against Atlanta, I think I counted 22 slips. Mm. Yeah. Okay, here's what we need to do. We need to go and find the Florida guy who knows everything there is to know about landscaping in Florida and give him the job to take care of the field. Yeah. There's got to be that guy who's like passionate about grass. In Florida. You would think they'd, that, be, they'd be already know, be hired there. You would think, but I don't know. I think they just just call all the landscaping companies in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll, I'll try to have the Tiffy video out tomorrow evening. That'll be Saturday evening before the game, Sunday. Nobody will watch it, though, because there's two games on tomorrow. We've got so Cincinnati many. and uh, – the Vegas 
Raiders are playing. Raiders. They're playing first. And then the good game is going to be the Bills in New England. New England going to Buffalo. That's going to be a good game. Yeah. I'm disappointed I won't be able to stay up through the whole thing. Because you can't stay up past Because I can't stay up past. It's even a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'll try. I'll try my best. Our game is 1 o'clock Sunday. Yeah. And then after us is who's playing? Uh, San Francisco, Dallas. That'll be good. So, and then. Um, and all, then the, all the NFC teams, all the NFC games mean something to us now. Yes. And then Monday. I'm confused. Why are there only. Well, that's right. There is a Monday night game. Yeah. There's a Monday. Why are there only five games? But we have three. This is weird. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's three Sunday games. That's why. Okay. Three Sunday games. So there's huh. our game at one. San Francisco, Dallas at 4.30, and then 8 o'clock is Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and then Monday night there is Arizona and the Rams. Okay. So it's NFC day all day. Sunday? Sunday. Wait, who was the 8 o'clock game Sunday? Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Okay, that's not NFC. No. Most, yeah, so we're Sunday. Did you see Ben Roethlisberger said there's no way Pittsburgh could beat. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, dude is done. Yeah. Dude he was, was ready, ready to retire. He was ready to retire. He was already. not looking forward to going to the playoffs. He, I bet when they went in, because they got in basically by a fluke. And yeah. He was, he was probably just like, what? Yeah, you saw it. He was game. like, what? Oh, it was did crazy. He was kind of like. Like so, it looked like a good surprise. I thought he was. I thought it was a good surprise at the time. Evidently, it's not because he's like, yeah, it's over before we've even played it. I, w- I wonder what his teammates think about that. I'd be kind of like, what? Did I- I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> rooting for uh, what? What's his face? Um, so Mason, not Mason Foster, behind him. Mason Foster, good. One. I know. I can't. Whoever I can't remember his backup is that young guy that got into it with um. Miles Garrett. Mm, I'm not sure. Miles Garrett. Oh, 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 Rudolph. No. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Never would have guessed Rudolph. I got the Mason part correct. Should have just said that. So what else we got going on news-wise? Ooh, okay, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we brought back John Hurst to the practice squad. You remember him vaguely? Mm, no. No. Okay. Because Cyril Grayson has that hamstring injury. We'll get to the injury report in a bit. The Panthers fired their offensive line coach, Pat Meyer, and special teams coach, Chase Blackburn, and their defensive line coach, Dang. Frank Oakham. Are you serious? <laughs> wow. I told you that team is good. Half that team, including the coaches, is not going to be there. Yeah. Next year, and to hear we, to yeah. we're already at half the coaches. Mm-hmm. Good lord! I know, and you know, it's just unfortunate because, you know, it's like everybody but the head coach. I mean, the, obviously there are some positions they didn't fire, but uh, it's kind of the head coach is kind of in a tough spot because these are all his guys that he yeah. brought in. He mm-hmm. built his own staff, and he's got to fire his guys to save his own job. Like, that sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll never have Bruce Arians doing that. Mm-mm. Bruce Arians ain't never fired anybody. 
Isn't that amazing? Yep. And he still him. holds a grudge against Mike Tomlin for yep, firing him. For firing him. him. Yep. And that's just cool. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an honor. Loyalty. Yeah. You don't get that much anymore. Yeah. Well, I think that's why he's such a different coach. He's a special coach. I listened to that interview with LaShawn McCoy on, I forget what podcast it was. It was going, it was making the rounds on Twitter. And he said, he said, Bruce Arians is a genius. He said, Belichick's a good coach. Bruce Arians is a genius. That's crazy. I was like, wow. Yeah, he had a whole bunch of good stuff to say about Brady and the the Buccaneers. Yeah, it was a good interview. I had a hard time. There was a lot of different voices. There were probably four or five of them. And I know the players, but I don't know their voices. So it was kind of hard to keep track of who was who when you're listening on the podcast. It would have been easier, I think, watching the video. It was like, I think, Ocho Cinco and... um, Brianna Marshall, LaShawn McCoy, and there was one more on there. I don't know who it was. So it was it was a good podcast. It was really interesting. And there were a lot of interesting kind of insider tidbits that you got from LaShawn McCoy. So I'd recommend listening. I'll bring up things as I remember them. But uh, that was just a little sidebar there. The Bears requested permission to interview... Todd Bowles and Byron Lefwich, actually. Now, I could see Todd Bowles going there. Me too. You know, they're, mm-hmm. They've got a defensive defense. culture there. Mm-hmm. He's a defensive guy. He'd probably do really good there, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, the Bears are also interested in the Bills coordinators, Brian DeBall and Les- Leslie Frazier. Damn, they're looking at everybody, aren't they? I know. Oh, yeah, they were getting around for sure. They were interviewing pretty much everybody. We activated Shaq Barrett from the COVID list, so brought him back. But then we also put Richard Sherman on IR. So he is done, completely done. Hmm. Like, what did we? Yeah, what we what paid him, what, a million dollars to play yeah. two games? Yeah, basically. I think he's good for the locker room. Maybe. Don't know. Maybe. Don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, I mean, it does kind of suck where you get things like this where you bring him in and you hope he's going to make an impact. He might have made an impact. I don't know. Not on the field. No, not sure. on the field, definitely. But it's just one of those things in a season where you're plagued by injury. And, you know, Tom Brady talked about this last year. It was like when you're in – the middle of a season, it's really hard to kind of make adjustments in certain places or, you know, you've already got your systems that you've got your players. There's only so much you can do midway through a season. And so we had a lot of adversity, especially in our uh, back defensive backfield. And I'm glad that we were able to overcome it. I mean, did we field our full starting defense at any point this season. <laughs> like, it just feels like we haven't really. Mm. So, uh, you know, it it does stink. But at the same time, these kind of things just happen in an NFL season. You just never know. Never know. Um, so then, okay, so John Hurst on the practice squad. And then we activated kicker Jose Borgales, who, again, uh, he was on the COVID list, so. He's back. And on 
We'll talk about the injury report. The Vikings have requested permission to interview the Buccaneers' vice president of player personnel, John Spitek, for their GM job. Wow. So, well, I mean, I think our whole – we're getting pilfered, guys. It's just – Well, they're going to try. They're going to it's, it's going to be really interesting to see that, you know, you, where you're getting all these coaches and front office people are getting job offers everywhere else. Are they going to want to go? Because this is a dream team, man, mm-hmm. you know, especially for the coaching staff. They've got it made. You know, Bruce Arians is all about, you know, don't work late. Go home and eat kids. you got a, a softball game. You better go there. You know, whatever. Just, you know, family is more important. He's never going to fire you. Mm-hmm. And blah, blah. You know, this is the perfect job for I know. the staff. You're in Florida. It's and, yeah. At the beach. Good Lord. What more can you ask? Working with Tom Brady, Tom Moore. No income all tax. these guys. State income tax. Yeah. I would, I would, I don't know. I'd have, you know, like Byron Leftwich, you know, no, it'd be dumb for him to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never, he's got, yeah, this is, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. I think he needs to continue to kind of grow as a coach. He's so young as a person. Like, he's just a very young. And, I mean, he's been in the NFL probably, what, 15 years at this point mm-hmm. from being drafted. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a long time. But then, I don't know. Now that sounds like a long time, and he should be ready, I think, to take on a well, coach. He, he probably is ready, but yeah, you don't want to give up this, you know, because this ain't going to yeah. last much longer. And yeah. You know, you want to bleed it for everything you can. And he's got a full career ahead of him. Right. I mean, he's like early 40s. I think Tom's older than he is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got another 20 years, 30 years you could potentially be in this league. Yeah. You so, really want to. That's how, that's how I, if I was any of these coaches or front office people, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to hang out here for another year <laughs> or two at least. Yeah. You know? But is it better to go out with a high demand like this versus the team starts sucking and then you end up getting fired? Everyone gets fired. Are you in a better position as a coach for marketable when your team is uh, on top like this? Right. I mean, that's the, the question you're going to have to internalize. You know, do you give up a, mm-hmm. the, 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 a golden opportunity Mm-hmm. to go out and get a hopefully better opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's a risk. Yeah. Because, you know, there's only 32 coaches in the world, mm-hmm. you know, head coaches. And when you get offered one of those jobs, I imagine it's damn near impossible to turn it down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the pinnacle of the NFL, you know, in coaching. It's, it's, it's the pinnacle of football coaching in, the, in North America to be an NFL coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of these guys have been, that's their goal, and it has been for their whole careers. You get that opportunity, man. It'd be hard to turn it down. But mm-hmm. I just think, you know, being involved in this team right now, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, you you got so much to learn, mm-hmm. so many connections and networking. And it's just, I think that uh, anybody would be smart to stay here for at least another year. Yeah, and I mean, if you're really looking for like that next opportunity, uh, I don't know if this one, you know, you should probably appreciate what you what you got going for you instead of yeah. looking. Could you could for you imagine next. going from this organization to Jacksonville Jaguars? 
No. Could you just imagine the... No. Why? Yeah. Phew, talk about a step down. Yeah. And, you know, your work is really cut out for you. Yeah. I was looking to see if perhaps we played the NFC North, right? Is that the one with Green Bay? Mm-hmm. Next what, season. Next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Todd Bowles were to go to Chicago, would we play them next year? We do not. So... Um. Eh, I lost my notes. So yeah, I don't. You know, what do you think the chances are of Tobles? Or I think Tobles has a better chance than Byron Leftwich. Mm. Um. I don't know, man. It's just it's so weird. Our perspective of everything is totally different than everybody else's across the league. You know, because we're inside of it. We're you know we've been deep in this for years and. You know, we know that this offense, while Byron Leftwich has done a great job with calling plays and everything, it's not really his offense. And there's not another Tom Brady out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, <laughs> he was with Winston. And, you know, how did that turn out? Yeah, a bunch of interceptions in a, in a losing record. Uh, I had to, you know, Owners, it seems like they get bedazzled by star power. You see it all across the league in so many different ways. And, you know, they hire coaches sometimes that everybody just scratches their heads like, why would you hire that guy? And this would be one of those situations. It's like you're taking a big risk with Byron Leftwich because you really don't know anything about him. You know, is this his offense? Is he going to be able to do this offense somewhere else? Is he going Mm -hmm. to be able to? You know, call plays. Is he going to be an offensive coordinator and a head coach? You just don't know anything mm-hmm. about how he's going to perform. And then you know, take a big risk. But, you know, if we win the Super Bowl or even if we go deep into playoffs here, people are going to be like, or owners will be like, oh, well, Byron Leftwich. Mm-hmm. He was in charge of that. They mm-hmm. scored a lot of points. Get him. And plus, they know it'll hurt us. Yeah. So that's a large part of it, too. Yeah. What do I think? I think that. Oh, man. I don't know. You know, with Todd Bowles being a defensive coach, and defensive coaches are going out of style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I he ju- did not have good success at the Jets. No. Doesn't have a good resume as a head coach. And, you know, if you look at our team, most people won't say, oh, it's the defense that's, mm-hmm. you know, really mm-hmm. doing anything. Now, in the playoffs last year, yes. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if that happens again this year. So... Uh, I I would I would probably think Byron Leftwich would get a job before Todd Bowles. Really, honestly, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of owners are just they just seem to be dumb. They don't really pay attention. You know, they get the names. Yeah, right. They get the connections. Names. They would they would be like, oh, Tampa Bay scored a lot of points. Who's their offensive coordinator? Byron Leftwich. Let's get him. Let's do that. <laughs> And I would be more prepared to lose Byron Leftwich on offense because yeah, we yeah. do have Harold Goodwin behind him, who mm-hmm. he's assistant head coach, and they kind of split well. Um, Byron is the offensive coordinator. Uh, Goody is the assistant head coach. So I think he's – we have a good, I think, mm-hmm. replacement in in place, in-house, that can just move over to that spot if need be. Yes, and you know Bruce Aaron's would be thrilled to death. He would love it. Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody goes, 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he he wants them to stay because he likes these guys, but he's more he wants them to he, he's more of a nurturer. He wants mm-hmm. them to go out and you know be head coaches somewhere else. Yeah, he takes it, a lot it makes of him pride. so proud. Yeah, very. It, he takes a lot of pride in being a mentor. Yes, I think. So you know, who knows? We it's a very unusual year this year for us to retain all of our coaches, all of our players. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever happened in history. But, you know, we'll see who we got left next year. Yeah. I, I'm not worried. You know, even if Todd Bowles is gone, I'm not worried. I mean, our defense, uh, we got a lot of lot of skillful guys on defense. Uh, I'm, just, I'm like with you with Byron Leftwich. You know, Byron mm-hmm. goes, good luck to him. But I don't think it would hurt our team that much. We got plenty of guys that could step up. We got plenty of guys out there. And he, to be honest with you, I don't even know if we need an offensive coordinator with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. That's true. You're right. Yeah. And that's one of the things that LaShawn McCoy said was that at last year, week 13, Byron, Tom Brady, and B.A. kind of sat down and they all hashed it out and put it out there. And Tom Brady got probably most of what he wanted uh, with with the two of them, which I can totally see. B.A. Why would you not? Yeah. Right. I mean, you'd just be stupid. I mean, that's a dumb power struggle. That is just mm-hmm. ridiculous. So anyway. Yeah, and, and you can see in the offense, because I talked about it in the first, uh, yeah, like the first half of last year and even before Tom Brady came, I said, we do not throw the routes that Tom Brady likes. Uh, you know, we did the, the across the middle. You know, Tom mm-hmm. Brady likes to hit those guys across the middle on the run, and we just didn't run those routes. Uh, and now we do. Yeah. So that was, those are Tom Brady routes there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we made, oh, we made another move. So this is, a, I don't know what you'll think about this. We signed veteran John Brown, the wide receiver. Smoke. Oh, from Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. He was there with uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Oh, he was a speed demon. He was a speed demon to Larry Fitzgerald's uh, Mike Evans. Yeah. Fitzgerald is like Mike Evans, kind of. You know, oh. they they fight for the ball. He will, he will catch it in traffic. Yeah, AJ huh. Brown was a speedy guy, wasn't he? John Brown or John Brown? Yeah, John hey. Brown. He was speedy. I don't remember much about him. I knew the name. Good um, Lord. We signed him to the practice squad, and then we released running back Darwin Thompson. Oh, is that the one man. you liked? Yeah. I Dang it! On the special teams. I know, and then he got picked up by the Chiefs. Really? On the practice squad. Wow. Practice squad. So he went from our practice squad to the Chiefs. I think that's where he came from, wasn't it? I have no idea. I don't know. So with Brown coming in. Practice squad. But and John Hurst. So we got these two guys on the practice squad. We bring well, in. Brown's familiar with this mm-hmm. offense. He could play quick. Yeah. I mean, he might, he might get weeks, some snaps he, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting if we elevate him. Yeah, although we won't need him. I mean, with Cyril Grayson out, you know, we got Perriman, Miller, Johnson. I'm going to see if uh, Grayson is out. Yeah, he's out. Oh, he is? Uh Uh-huh. Him and somebody else. Who was it that was hurt? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Rojo. Yes, Ronald Jones. What? Rojo. But I guess we'll get Lenny back, so. Yeah. Playoff Lenny. Like, okay. Next man up. 
Did you see that Rojo had made a post on Instagram and then his caption was Pit Not Palace, that so- the AB song? Oh, is that Antonio Brown's rap yeah, song? Yeah, his rap song or album or whatever. So Rojo. Yeah, Rojo put that in his caption. For, yeah, I was Eesh. like, uh, yeah. I don't like that. And then... You know, in that interview where A.B. like gave himself a moment of silence and stuff, I guess he made, he said kumbaya at some point. I didn't listen to the interview, so I don't know what it was. But Antoine Winfield Jr. put that in the uh, caption on one of his Instagram posts. So like making fun of A.B., like throwing shade at him. Mm. So you're kind of like, like I hope that doesn't divide the locker room. I don't know. Well, you sent me a picture of Antonio Brown with Kanye West and Madonna Madonna mm-hmm. and so so you your theory was that he did this as a publicity stunt because he had this album he wants to be a have a musical career which you get that a well, lot with yeah yeah well at first I was just like you remember know Mike, remember if Mike is, Williams he did that too yeah. yeah well you know when he did it I was like if nothing else, this is just a brilliant marketing strategy because everyone's talking about him. And then he dropped a song like immediately it was ready, like he had produced a song. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching Pat McAfee the other day. And he said, AB's been like hanging out with all these rappers. So Kanye and then apparently Meek Mill, uh, he's in the studio with Meek Mill and all these other people. And then uh, AB was in one of Drake's music videos. So they were like, oh, maybe, you know, Drake will return the favor. So I was like, this fool is launching a rap career. That is what he's doing. He's not playing football anymore, guys. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, playing. it's just dumb. It never works. I don't know why they – I've seen it all my life. You know, people who are very gifted and talented, you know, especially musicians, they're like the worst for it. All guitar players want to be drummers. All drummers want to be keyboard players. Keyboard players want to be guitar players. Bassists want to be singers. You know, it's just, it's like any band I was in <laughs> during a break, everybody just goes immediately to each other's instruments and just starts playing. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've, I've met so many like really good guitarists that, you know, they want to be drummers or bass players, singers. And, and you're like, well, why are you? This is dumb. You're good at guitar. Do that. Yeah. You were given a gift. Yes. You have a gift. Or, you know, you practiced for thousands of hours on this thing. Now mm-hmm. you want to go and do something else. That's just silly. But you see it all the time, man. But, you know, celebrities are the worst at that. You know, I mean, how many celebrities have bands? A crap ton. All, just about all of them. Jared Leto. He's well, he actually came from. Really. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, he's a, Mars. He, yeah, he's a, he's mm-hmm. one of the unique okay. ones that actually was You're able right. to cross over. Yeah, uh, and do a good job. But generally, yeah, it's a mess. You know, I don't I don't think there's a actor out there that doesn't have a band. Really? And they never go anywhere because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get it. You know, Mike Williams. He was a Buccaneers guy. He he was a wide receiver. He. He quit playing the, the start his rap career. Now where's he at? Didn't go anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. Hmm. Yeah. And, and you would think that football players of all professions would understand how hard it is to get into that top echelon. You know, I mean, to be a successful musician or actor or any artist is ex- 
incredibly difficult. You have to go through generally years and years and years and years and years of uh, performance before you can even think about getting to that level. And football players have to do that. You know, they got to go through the gauntlet, you know, mm-hmm. the junior high, high school, college, before they can get to the NFL. I mean, they, you know, they, they do as much work as a doctor does getting his degree. Mm-hmm. And if if a musician were to go, you know what, I think I'm going to be a professional football player, they'd probably all laugh their butts off. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they think it's okay to go, you know what, I've been a, a football player all my life, but I think I want to be a rap star now. <laughs> it's just like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like when Michael Jordan, great basketball player, you decide, ah, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. It's like, what? Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson did that, didn't he? Didn't he go play baseball in the offseason for like the minor leagues? Yes, I think I so. I think. Yeah. And, um, well, a lot of these guys play both sports mm-hmm. in college, and then, you know, a lot of them will get drafted in the baseball draft and the NFL draft, mm-hmm. and they have to make a decision. So it's a little bit different, a little mm-hmm. bit, but still, you know. I think I think most people, you know, they think when they're at the high level, elite level of something, they think they can do anything. Yeah. You know, they could just jump from one career to the next and stay in that elite category, but it never works out. Well, I think you kind of learn your capabilities and your, you know, that when you put your mind to something and work on it and work hard at it and you get somewhere with it, I think that's really empowering. And so it might kind of go to your head a little bit where like, hey, I put in all this effort and work and time and energy and I became like an NFL Hall of Famer. So I could do anything and reach Mm -hmm. that level. Yeah, it was like, uh, what was that Buccaneers player? I can't remember his name. I said Marks. He he tried at UFC for a while. I don't know that one. Uh, yeah, he didn't last too long in that one mm. either. You see a lot of them go into boxing. As a matter of mm. fact, Le'Veon Bell, that's what he was doing in offseason. He was training oh, for yeah, boxing. Oh, yeah, he was going to be a boxer. Boxer until yeah. we called him up. Ooh. And he was like, okay. I mean, it's just, I don't know what, what these people are thinking, man, but hey. On to something new. That's what they're thinking. Yeah, Antonio Brown threw away the his golden mm. ticket. So that he could go be a rap star. Yeah, he's made a ton of money from it. So I think he'll be okay. He'll probably it's lose like, a ton of money. I know he's going to lose it when he. Uh, It'd be interesting to know what his financial, <laughs> how how his finances are. Is he good with money? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he never pays people. What's that? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he's stiffing everybody. Is that because he doesn't have the money? Right, right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, just a, cu- a few more tidbits. Tom Brady got the FedEx Air Player of the Week award um, week 18. It was his third of the season. And he has been nominated for the FedEx Air Player of the Year alongside Justin Herbert and Matt Stafford. Nice. So Okay, good. He deserves it. Good company. But you know what he deserves more? MVP. MVP. Damn it! If he doesn't get that, I'm going to be I'm going to be furious. But here's the thing: you were telling me today that the All Pro list came out today. Yes. And Aaron Rodgers is the NFC quarterback. How in the world do you put Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady? Ah. And especially it's media voting on this award. Doesn't the media hate him? He like almost killed all of them, right? <laughs> Isn't that what we heard? 
And then probably he lied yeah. to him and then almost murdered yeah, them. Yeah, he murdered. He tried to murder he the media. He tried to murder them. So I don't get it. I don't get it. I, you know, I tell you what. It, and I, I'm guilty of this. Tom Brady's boring. He is boring. Oh, he's super boring. Super he's boring. He's a little weird, too, like in interviews and Kinda stuff. Kind of like, that's not a normal person. <laughs> he's a robot. Like, that's how he, yeah. he comes like across a, as a robot. Yes. Like a kind of like a, a male Stepford wife. Yes, that's what he reminds me of. Yes, You're like, and I mean you could tell it's a real curated image he's yeah developed. But I mean, fantastic he, again. You he, know, you can't hate on his marketing abilities. He's fantastic. Yeah, but his playing style is very boring. Mm. You know, it's it's extremely fundamental, but precise mm-hmm. i mean that's his thing he, he, you know he he throws from the same flat platform he throws the same way and he is accurate and he makes great decisions and that's boring <laughs> you know people like to watch these dynamic quarterbacks like aaron Rodgers and uh, patrick mahomes and all you know these guys that are making plays outside the pocket and running around throwing sideways and between their legs and all that good stuff and people just get excited about that. But when it comes down to it, when you look at actual quarterback play, there is nobody in the league better than Tom Brady. He makes the fewest mistakes. He's the most accurate. He, he's the best leader. I mean, he may be boring, but he does it the best. That I just thought that just made me think of something. In that uh, LaShawn McCoy interview, he said Tom Brady has a tell with his feet, whether it's going to be a pass or a run. He said when it's a pass, his feet are uh, like lined up together like Mm. they're. Mm -hmm. But when it's a run, his feet are offset. Really? Uh, Yeah. I'm going to have to look for that. I know. I've never noticed that. I know. Never noticed that. Which I'm like, how has no one ever noticed that? And LaShawn McCoy, you shut your stupid mouth and stop telling everyone. (laughs) Right. Even if I would have noticed that, I wouldn't have said it probably. Because I wouldn't want anybody to know. Yeah. I think that's what he said. But look. Yeah. Watch his feet. Because I think that's what he said, but it might have been some little. Anyway. Huh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Definitely going to keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the All-Pro, Tristan Wirfs, voted All-Pro. He was the All-Pro right tackle. Hmm. He received 37 votes of all um, for that. So more than everybody many? else. The I don't know, but the person, Lane Johnson, was second, and he had 10 votes. Hmm. Dang. So Tristan Wirfs was like way... And it's funny because I would have said Tristan Worth had a much better year last year than he has this year. Yeah. He's had some really bad games this year, actually. Yeah. Like three? Two two really bad. Anyone on the offensive line. It's gonna be Donovan. Like he's playing great this year. Yeah, he is. Dude deserves some recognition. Yeah, he ain't getting any recognition. None. It is so upsetting. It's weird. He's worked so hard. You're just like, man. Oh, but then again, you know, most of this stuff, again, you know, it's sports writers. They don't know shit. And they go on stats Mm -hmm. and they, a lot of times it's from what happened last year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Devin White. Like Devin White has not played well this year, you know. He's not not compared to last year for sure, 
I mean, I'm not saying he's playing badly, but, you know, he's he was definitely a much better dynamic player last year than he has been this year. But yet he made the Pro Bowl this year. Didn't make it last year, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're like, that's, that's just dumb. Yeah. And so maybe Donovan will get it next year. Right. And stink up the joint. <laughs> I think Donovan, uh, I mean, I think Devin is an alternate for Pro, pro Bowl this year. We didn't make it. Really? I think. You sure? No. Look that up. Uh, so I think you are incorrect. Okay. You do. Prove me wrong. All right. Okay. What last thing is that Carlton Davis was added to the injury report with a back issue. What? I know. He's questionable. When was that? Today? <sighs> yes, today. He's questionable. What? So, we can't not have him. I know. We need him. Yeah. So, there we go. Damn. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about... You have to just oh. marvel at what this kid has done in a short time. <laughs> Ralph startles easily. <laughs> I swear to God. I hate websites that <laughs> play <of> videos. <laughs> Sorry about it that. It just snuck up on you. Yeah, it did. <laughs> oh, man. That was funny. Okay, I'm going to go through the injury report while you're trying to prove me wrong. Okay. And then we will talk about the preview of the game. I got this thing up on my phone. Let's see. I got to get it so I can read it. Like a 90-year-old. Okay. So, Cyril Grayson is out and Ronald Jones is out. Carlton Davis with the back. He was just limited Friday and is questionable. So, that's a good sign. Again, Ralph. All right. He kept it together that time. So, good job. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting has a hamstring injury. He's been limited all week and is questionable. Justin Watson with his quad injury was limited Wednesday and Thursday and then a full participant on Friday, but he is still questionable. And then we've got a slew of other people. Shaq Barrett, he was limited Wednesday and Thursday, full participant Friday. Tom Brady, oh, he had a rest day on Thursday, so he didn't participate. And then Friday was good to go. Jamel Dean has a hamstring injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday, and then a full participant Friday. Mike Evans was limited Wednesday with a hamstring injury, and then a full participant Thursday and Friday. Gronk got a rest day on Friday. Ryan Jensen has a shoulder injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday, and then a full participant on Friday. Uh, Steve McClendon got a rest day on Thursday. Anthony Nelson had an ankle injury. He did not participate on Wednesday and then was limited Thursday, returned to full participation on Friday. Rashad Perryman has a hip injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday and returned to practice on Friday. JPP with a shoulder and the knee, uh, limited. Wednesday and Thursday, and then did not participate on Friday, but that was kind of normal for him during the regular season. He would get rest days on Friday. So I think that's pretty good. I think um, 
Bruce Arians said pretty much everyone is ready to go except Levante they're not really sure about. So I don't know where he is. He's not even on the injury report. So I don't know if they're going to maybe rest him another week. Bradley Pinion with his hip injury was a full participant all week. Uh, cornerback Richard Robinson has a groin injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday and then a full participant on Friday. Sue got a rest day on Friday, and then Keyshawn Vaughn had a rib injury. He was a full participant all week, and that's fine. Just a quick note, we had a walkthrough on Wednesday, so all those injury designations for Wednesday were just kind of an approximation of where they would be. On the Philadelphia side, their guard, Nate Herbig, has an ankle injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday, did not participate Friday, and he is questionable. And the defensive end, Josh Sweat, has an illness. He has not participated all week and is questionable. Linebacker Sean Bradley has a stinger. He's been limited Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday was a full participant. Defensive tackle Fletcher Cox got a rest day on Wednesday and then a full participant the rest of the week. Guard Landon Dickerson has a knee injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday and then a full participant on Friday. Jalen Hurts on the injury report with an ankle injury, but has been a full participant all week. Lane Johnson tackle got a rest day. Also has a knee injury, but Wednesday was the rest day and then was limited the rest of the week. Linebacker Patrick Johnson has a back injury. He was limited Friday. Center Jason Kelsey had a rest day on Wednesday, full participant the rest of the week. Miles Sanders, their running back, has a hand injury. He's been limited Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday was a full participant. Cornerback Kerry Vincent has a foot injury, but he was a full participant all week. And then wide receiver Greg Ward has a back injury, was limited Wednesday, and a full participant Thursday and Friday. And that's the end of it. All right. All right. Uh, you were correct. Devin White is an alternate. He's an alternate. That's in this right. year's Pro Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What the? Everything's acting up today. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right? You got it together over there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Working on it, huh? It was one of those days. Yeah. So we watched the, first of all, the Eagles have not had very good opponents. Usually when we are watching games, we like to watch them play against either a team that we've also played recently. Like we don't want a team that they've played, you know, week three and we played them week six, completely irrelevant, because according to my football theory of thirds, they are absolutely not the same team usually. So we went back through all the Eagles games in like the last third of the season, and everyone they've played has sucked. They haven't played a decent team, like at all. We ended up watching the Washington game just because hey we've seen Washington we struggle against them a little apparently and that was the game where Washington was hit by a COVID outbreak Heineke was out their second string quarterback Kyle Allen was out they had Gilbert 
I think some guy they signed from the street basically come in and they almost almost beat the Eagles. It was close. <laughs> and that was the game that had gotten rescheduled to Tuesday. So um the game we played them in when was that week six? Yeah, week seven. Week seven. And we beat them 28 to 22. We absolutely smoked them in time of possession. We had the ball 40 minutes to their 20. This is one of those, though. We had seven penalties for 120 yards. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Fire a whole team. I know. (laughs) Um, Jalen Hurts only ended up getting 115 yards passing. And like 40 yards rushing, right? Uh, yeah, he had 40 yards rushing, and then Miles Sanders had 56. So they did have a total of 100 well, yards rushing. Yes. Um, but yes. <clears throat> go ahead. You go ahead. No. I was just going to say, overall, that game was unremarkable and not memorable to me. Yeah, it, I remember we were, we were beating them, and then they came back in the second half and got close, but... Uh, and are are we talking about what we think is going to happen now? Or? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, well, first I want to talk about how kind of important this game is in the history of the Buccaneers. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buccaneers have a huge history together, and it's basically majored in the playoffs. It's centered around the playoffs. Uh, we first played each other back in 1977. It was our first game, and they beat us. Uh, but it was no big deal because we were on that big, huge losing streak. We had, we had lost the f- whole first year before that. and then, Right. Everyone had beat us. Right. We, everybody was beating us, so it was no big deal. Uh, we did end up, however, going to the playoffs two years later, 1979. It was our first winning season, and we went to the playoffs. And guess who we met? Our first playoff opponent. The Eagles? The Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my God. And guess who we beat? The they Philadelphia beat Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles were our first playoff opponent and our first playoff win. Okay. Now, we didn't see them again until 30 years later. Uh, I think it was 19 uh, – let me see. In the playoffs, it was uh, 2000. Mm-hmm. So, 20 years later. And uh, we ended up losing. This was under Tony Dungy. And it was the, uh, I think it was the second time we had made it up to the playoffs under him. And the Philadelphia Eagles bumped us out. And then the next year, uh, we played them the first, uh, I'm trying to remember how it went. Uh, Anyhow, they ended up beating us in the uh, playoffs again. The following year, and we fired Tony Dungy because of it. Uh, we had gone through the playoffs. We hadn't scored a touchdown in three playoff games. Oh, my God. And How do you get through the playoffs like that? Like that that's how we played, man. I mean, we were all about the defense. You know, I think it was Warren Sapp that said, if you uh, just keep the opponent to 11 points or something, I can't remember. It was, it was Somebody had said that, you know, and that's how we played. You know, if we if we can keep you to a certain amount of points, we were going to win the game. Uh, so we lost 
to the Eagles two years in a row cost us getting in the playoffs, cost us Tony Dungy, and he got booted after that the, on the play ride home, if I recall correctly. But I, anyhow, he was cleaning out his office at like two in the morning in the rain. And it was so weird to say, I couldn't find any video of that. There's oh, no really? video of that anywhere. And I remember it being a big thing. Yeah. You know? Interesting. But so anyhow, the next year we got John Gruden. We go. We make it to the NFC Championship. And who do we meet? The Philadelphia Eagles. And that was when Rondé Barber did the most iconic play in Buccaneers history. Where he, It was 20 to 10. They were There was like three minutes left. They were getting ready to score a touchdown. And Rondé Barber intercepted it on the seven – yard line and ran it or eight yard line ran it all the way back for 92 yards for a touchdown wrapped up the game and i remember oh oh i mean we went off and i remember on as he was running down the field it just hit me we're going to the super bowl it was the weirdest feeling and i couldn't stop saying it i was like we're going to the super bowl we're going to the super bowl we're going to the super bowl you know at that point the buccaneers had never even sniffed the super bowl and thanks to ronnie barber in, in that play we made it to the Super Bowl and ended up winning. Well, we that was in Veteran Stadium, Vets the what's the yeah, the Vet. And that was the last game played in Veteran Stadium was us beating them in the NFC Championship. Oh. They demolished the stadium the next year and they had, Wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Just blow it up. Yeah. Tear it all down. And they had been working on Lincoln Financial Field, which is where they play now. And it opened up for the first game of the next year. So we closed down Veterans Field, Veterans Stadium, beating them in the NFC Championship. And then we got to play them week one of the following year, inauguration of their Lincoln Financial Field, and we stomped them. It was like 17-zip shutout. Mm. They even had uh, a bunch of celebrities open up for it, but uh, oh, no. uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, they had him, you know, like All on the big screen. All those people. Yeah. And uh, we went there and embarrassed them. Oh, no. Right. But then that's not the end of the story. In 2012, uh, you know, we were trying to make the playoffs. And it was Rondé Barber's last year, right? It was 2012. I think it was. Mm -hmm. And they came to Raymond James Stadium. They were on an eight-game losing streak. They were completely out of the playoff picture. There was no way. I mean, they were they had nothing to play for. They come into Raymond James Stadium. We were we had to win this game to stay in the playoff hunt. And they ended up beating us with no time on the clock by touchdown from Nick Foles to Jeremy Macklin. And it was it was just one of those plays where you're like, what? That matter of fact, they had to review it and everything because it was so close. And they eventually said it was a touchdown. And I remember me and you both, it was kind of one of our big memories together, was Rondé Barber sitting in the end zone, standing there, just looking distraught because that was it. You know, he was retiring that year and he wanted to go to the playoffs. Everybody wanted to go to playoffs for him. And they knocked us out of contention. And that was so – and I hate the Eagles. I hate them. I've always hated them. <laughs> they just, you know, it, when they beat us those two times in the playoffs and knocking us out, I just, I, I hate those people. I hate them. So here we are getting ready to play another one. Here we are. And we're both tied in the series. We played together 20 times, 
And we've won eight regular season games. They've won eight regular season games. We've won two off, two playoff appearances against each other. They've won two playoff appearances against each other. So this game's going to be the tiebreaker Ooh. for all those. It's going to be mm-hmm. the tiebreaker for well the playoff and the the overall record. Somebody's going to be twenty one to twenty. I feel pretty good about it. How you oh feeling? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it, the only way they can win this is if we beat ourselves. If we just go yeah. out there and totally lay an egg. My concern is the linebackers. Yes. Yes. Because they they do some tricky stuff mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're gimmicky. That's the that's how they've gotten this far. They're a little gimmicky. Little they've gimmicky. relied on gimmicks. A lot of RPOs, play action. They do the flea the, flickers, the flea flickers, and around, a lot of screens. Of, yeah. yeah. Everything's on the outside. Everything. Yeah. They don't they don't do anything up the middle. And Levante is so good at sniffing that kind of stuff out. Yes. So the I just master have cons- at it. yeah, he's great. And so is Shaq Barrett. And JPP, if he's healthy now, I'm worried about JPP. If he comes up and he's and he's playing like he was playing before he took a couple weeks off, I don't even, I don't want him out there on the field. You know, just that was just that was bad stuff. But if we get Shaq Barrett, JPP, and Levante back, you know, at good running speed, good healthiness, then yeah, we're just going to dominate this game. I'm trying to look at what Levante's status is for the game. I think yeah, he's he's, still... he's no, he's uh, he's playing. He is. Yes. Oh, okay. They're saying it'll be a game time call. Really? Yeah. I'm glad you checked up on that. Yeah, Levante. Well, they did return to practice. He was at Friday's practice. He's not on the injury report, Hmm. which surprises me. It seemed to me like they hadn't even activated him off of IR, but... um, Oh, they did activate him from IR. So it, he's a game time decision, and apparently Fournette is as well. Um, so okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about uh, them beating us. I'm just not. I mean, they got they got a good stable of running backs. You know, you got Miles Sanders, uh, Jordan Howard, uh, Devontae, Boston Scott. Uh, uh, what's his name? Gainwell. He, he's doing returns for him, I think. But they, you know, they got a pretty good stable of running backs. But they all run to the outside. They don't go up the middle. Mm-hmm. Can't run up the middle against us, anyhow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. You know, we we did a good job keeping Jalen Hurst contained last time. But again, we had Barrett and JPP. I, you know, I think we could do it. This time, especially as long as Barrett's out there, JPP, we could do, you know, we we can have a weakness there, but you know, Barrett and, and Levante David are going to be key to this game mm-hmm. uh, be, because everything with the Eagles is sideline to sideline. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, like I said, they don't do anything up the middle, and they've got that tight end Dallas Goddard. He's good. You know, our middle linebackers are going to have to be on top of him. You know, and we have we usually have a tough tough time with those big tight ends. Mm-hmm. Now we did a great job with Kelsey in the Super Bowl. That was mainly Levante David who did that, kind of beat him up all game. But 
you know, if Levante David isn't up to speed or if he doesn't even play, then that's going to hurt us. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles are pretty fast, too. They're yeah. kind of speedy. A little speedy. So that's a little. Got to be mindful of that. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he's a very patient quarterback. You know, he doesn't make a whole lot of dumb decisions. Uh, he's, he's pretty accurate with his throws. Mm-hmm. He makes. He can. He's got an arm, so he can make mm-hmm. those fifty-yard passes. Yeah, he can run. Our our best bet with him is contain him and then uh, fluster him. Mm-hmm. You know, just try try to hit him from different angles, get him. You know, not seeing as common as stuff. We're pretty good at that. He when we played him the first time, he had a quarterback rating of forty-four point one and a passer rating of fifty-five point seven. So. Mm-hmm. We did a pretty good job the first time. Yeah. They've got some decent players. You know, defense, they got Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox and, mm-hmm. and some guys. The the receivers, are, they're pretty speedy. You know, so they can they can stretch the field a little bit. And like you said, he's he's got an arm on him. So mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have to be – So when you said Carlton Davis was hurt with a back, I'm like, wow. I know. Well, and SMB is on the injury report too. Is he? And he's questionable. Not to – I know. Come on, we can't have that, man. Come on, y'all. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, they're linebackers. Nobody to speak of. Uh, nobody stands out, really. <clears throat> I, I think they're weak up the middle. You know, uh, I've seen teams run on them up the middle. Uh, Washington did. You know, Washington runs up the middle up. And uh, Dallas. So, you know, I think we we could do that, but we rarely do. We, we, <laughs> we just don't run enough. And even when we do run, it seems like it's always bouncing to that side. Oh, yeah. The referees for the game. Now, if you're not familiar, when the playoffs come, the referee crews are all new. You get your, They get graded all throughout the year. Whichever uh, individual referees get the highest grades form – the new crews for the um, for the playoffs. The, coming up Sunday, we're going to have Wallstrad. Who? Craig Wallstrad. Nineteen years. He sucks. He's horrible. Yeah, I don't. I don't know his name. Yeah, we had him for a couple of games last year. Uh, I think we had him for a game this year, and he's. Just, they, I don't know. I just don't like him. He's. Just, they call too many flags, but usually in the playoffs, they don't call flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, the umpire is going to be Roy Ellison. Uh, Patrick Turner is going to be one of the judges. Line judge Daniel Gallagher. Field judge Greg Gottrue. Uh Another judge is going to be Chad Hill. Back judge is Brad Freeman. So in the playoffs, do these crews all stay together through the playoffs? So I know that they're not the usual regular season crews, but I'm just wondering if they stick together. Oops, that's a good question. Out. I don't know. I have to pay attention because they got alternates too. Like uh, our alternate is Carl Sheffers and mm. Trey Blake and all that. So I don't know. I don't, that's a good question. We're going to have to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. You want to do a score prediction? Yes. All right. Are you what going do you, first? What do you, got? Okay. you can do it so I can undercut you. Okay. I'm going to go with. 27 to 16. Buccaneers. You think so, huh? I do. All right. Well, I'm not playing around. I th- I think, you know, I 
I've been very disappointed with how the Bucks have played <laughs> this year. I could lie. You know, I, I, you, you listen to this podcast. There was no higher fan than me. You know, I was saying they were the best football team. We were going to go undefeated, I think. <laughs> we are going to get close to it. <laughs> we got close. 13-4 ain't bad. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it's really the defense that's – the offense has done fine. You know, they've done their thing. Uh, it's really been the defense. You know, Sue and Vita, I, I feel like they just really haven't fulfilled their potential. Mm-hmm. They haven't played bad, mm-hmm. but they haven't done – their elite status play, JPP being hurt, uh, our our secondary being hurt, our linebackers have just not played well, the middle linebackers, and then Barrett getting hurt. You know, just our defense has really been uh, almost a Achilles heel this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I've, I've been really concerned. You know, these past few games, I've kind of lost my oomph, but I'm bringing it back. Damn it. I think that Barrett is going to get out there. Levante is going to get out there. Devin White's going to get back to form. These guys are going to play playoff football. I think this is what they've been waiting for. They knew it all year long. They were going to the playoffs. So they wanted to make sure they weren't too injured or too gassed and all that. I think we're going to see Sue make a big splash because he hasn't done crap all year. <laughs> you know, we're going to see Vita do stuff. We're going to see Vivante. We're, I think we're just going to beat the snot out of people. So I'm giving us 45 points. Whoa. I ain't playing All around. right. Okay. And I don't even know if I'm going to give them a touchdown. I'm going to give them three field goals. <laughs> nine. 45-9. You think I'm joking? I love it. I think this, this defense is going right. to step up. All right. We're playing at home, too. Yeah. We're playing at home. On our soggy field. Last time we played them in the playoffs, we played in Veterans Stadium where it was 20, 23 degrees, 16 degrees chill. Nah, mm-hmm. we're playing in Tampa where it's probably going to be <laughs> 85 degrees. I think it's going to be in the 70s, but windy and rainy at times. And Ooh. Yeah. That'll help them. So people were asking, are they going to cancel it, Greg? And he's like, no, Greg Allman. He was like, I don't think so. For 70-degree weather and some wind and rain. If it's no. windy and rainy, that'll help them probably. No. Mm. If they didn't cancel that game between the Bills and the Patriots where it was snowing sideways, they are not canceling it in Tampa, Florida, when yeah. it's 70 degrees. Hopefully it won't get delayed for lightning or something. We've had yeah. that a few times. Yeah. All right, so that about does it. We are going to Yay. beat... The Philadelphia Eagles, Sunday at 1 p.m. I'm going to rub it in my neighbor's face. (laughs) And uh, we're going to move on to our next victim. I know. That's the part I'm most looking forward to is seeing who – I am a little bit looking ahead of this game. I'm not going to lie. That's how people get beat. I know. You're absolutely right, but it's a good thing I'm not playing in the game. I can do that as a fan. I have that luxury. (laughs) So I'm just curious who we're going to see next week. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a You know the Eagles, they're going to come in here. One, they're going to want revenge because we beat them, what was it, week six? Seven. Week seven. Uh, They are the underdog, what, eight and a half points right now? Yeah. And... You know, nobody nobody's expecting them to win. Nobody. I don't. There ain't nobody on the planet picking them to win. So that's they got a huge, and it's a young team. You know, offensively, 
Uh, these guys got a lot to prove. They're going to come in swinging, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are. They want this game more than they've wanted any game all year long. And and a lot of these guys haven't been there either, right? To the playoffs because yes. they're so young. Correction: that was Week Six that we saw them. So sure. you know they, that that could be dangerous. You know these mm-hmm. guys. You saw you saw how the Redskins did us last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know they damn near beat us. You know the only reason they got us is because they lied about who their starting quarterback <laughs> was going to be. That is how they almost got us. They had to basically sucker punch us with a runner. Yeah. Well, they might do Philadelphia might do that. Who knows? Come out and it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or something. <laughs> I wish it would be. <laughs> You know what I was thinking about that? And the next time we play the Saints, we just kind of bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic for that one the game. Fitzmagic. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it. Because he's like our, I mean, the, the Saints are, are our Achilles heel. Yeah. We got to break that streak. So let's do it, guys. We got to start a campaign to get Fitzmagic back just for, for that one, one game. game. Maybe two. Hey, we'll who's he going to retire with? I mean, he's played with every team. He's not going to retire with I anybody. the Bills. Wasn't he drafted by them? You gotta go where he was drafted. Yeah. All right, guys, that's gonna wrap it up for us, man. We got to uh, just think positive, think positive. Let's not look past this game. Uh, you know, the, 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 don't it's, tell me what to do. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one, but Ralph was predicting forty-five to nine. So how is it gonna be a tough game when you're predicting forty-five to nine? That is not a tough. I'm I just trying to keep people, to, you know, keep their engaged, keep focused, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be a good game, though. Anyhow, no matter how it goes, when we win, it's going to be good. I know. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Uh, playoffs. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.